This episode of Tales from the Backlog, just like every episode, is brought to you by the patrons of the Tube Podcast Network. Some personal heroes of mine like Chris Nelson, the top three podcast crew, Zolgeek, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Nick Ficori, Jill, Soccer, ZNA, Cupcake, Kyle, Christian S., Matt, aka Stormageddon, JD, Doug Leaf, Jason Emery, Rob Shack, Brian Skersha, Randall, and many more have all chosen to support this show by donating a few bucks a month over on patreon.com slash realdavejackson, and in return for their generosity. These fine folks are getting some bonus episodes of the show, the ability to vote in polls for what games I do on the show, and much more. You can go to patreon.com slash realdavejackson, check out the tiers. Uh, Higher tiers have higher rewards, such as my bonus retro gaming monthly show called Tales from the Way Backlog. The game of September was Mega Man 2, and the game coming up in October is Zombies Ate My Neighbors. If that sounds interesting to you, you can head over to Patreon again. You'll find a link down in the show notes to support the show. Any and all support is always appreciated. And with that being said, let the Horror Games Sicko Podcast begin. Hello everybody, my name is Dave Jackson and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog. This is a video games podcast where we normally do backlog game reviews, but we have a discussion episode today. I'm joined today by three wonderful guests. They're all friends of the show and self-described horror sickos for this podcast here today. First up, returning to the show, co-host of Halftone Takes Podcast and game designer Adam Bucheri. Adam, welcome back. Hello, always a pleasure. Uh, this was a special episode just for you. When this uh, topic came up, it was like, well, Adam has to be here. Agreed. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by co-host of Super Ghost Radio, Jerry Thomas. Jerry, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Have of to be course. Uh, I heard you on a podcast describe yourself as a horror sicko, so I was like, Jerry's <laughs> got to be here too. <laughs> and uh, we're also joined by a game streamer with lots and lots of horror games, uh, Dogface Gamer, DFG. Welcome to the show. That's me. Thanks for thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another one where I was like, every time I see the notification that the DFG is streaming, it's Dead by Daylight or some other horror game. So DFG's got to be here. So <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about the process of getting into horror games today. But before we get into that, I want to give everybody the time at the beginning of the episode to uh, to talk about that stuff I just talked about. So um DFG, we'll start with you. Uh, I mentioned you stream on Twitch. Uh, so what kind of stuff do you do? I already mentioned Dead by Daylight, but there's other stuff going on too. So on, on Twitch, I am a variety streamer. I play all kinds of games, but I have a huge bent towards horror. I absolutely love the genre. Mm-hmm. Dead by Daylight, it's not exactly horror in my mind. It's more just get together with friends and have some fun. Um, mm-hmm. It has like a horror motif. Uh, but I play all kinds of horror games. Um, I really like indie horror, um, stuff like Chill is Art and uh, Emika Studios and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I play. I'm, I'm there three times a week. And uh, just if it's horror, I'm probably going to play it. Hell yeah. Awesome. Uh, and Jerry, your first time on the show. Tell everybody about Super Ghost Radio. Uh, we're like um, 
I guess, like a comedy video game podcast. We kind of just shoot the shit mostly. Uh, we kind of usually pick not like a, a single topic, but we kind of just talk about like what we're playing, what we want to play, and what we're going to play. Um, that kind of thing. And it's, it's a bi-weekly show that comes out on Fridays. We do have a Twitch channel that I have tried streaming some stuff on. We did stream all of Code Veronica. Thank God that is over. Um, <laughs> that was not a good time. That and, was an um, amazing game 20 years ago. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, we, uh, it's myself and my two co-hosts, Greg and Beth. And um, yeah, we just like to have fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And yeah. Mostly, mostly comedy. <laughs> I'll say uh, we're not professionals in in the uh, the art of game journalism or anything, but we like what we like. Oh yeah, awesome. Well, it, it's good stuff. Uh, just today, I listened to a top ten RPGs episode that you recently <laughs> did. Um, not recent when the time this comes out, but uh, if you go looking back a couple months ago, as people hear this, you'll find that episode. Uh, I love a good list, so I was like, oh yeah, gotta listen to that for sure. So. Good stuff. Uh, welcome to the show. Good to have you. And thanks, buddy. Uh, returning for the third time, I think, on the podcast, Adam. Three, welcome baby. back. Yeah, uh, we previously talked about Shadow of the Colossus and the Resident Evil Four remake on the show, uh, and we've talked about Enter the Su- Survival Horror. I mean, I'm going to pronounce it all in one take. <laughs> one of these times, uh, Enter the Survival Horror and. Uh, last time we talked about what was then the new Halftone Takes podcast, but for those who didn't listen, tell everybody about that stuff. Yeah, so uh, Halftone Takes is my current project. I record with my best friend from college, Corey, and we uh, have a loose interview structure where we take turns interviewing each other about a subject that we're interested in. And we're usually talking about media and often the the conversation becomes uh, impassioned pleas to create <laughs> recklessly and uh, uh, talking about my endless fascination with the the realities of creative work, the creative process, and how, you know, uh, uh, media is a miracle. Every movie that comes out, every game that comes out, you know, we're we're made under incredible hardship and adversity and just like uh, uh, cherishing what we've got and uh, always hoping for for better. Awesome. Yeah. And tell people about Enter the Survival Horror. Yeah. And then Enter the Survival Horror is my flagship uh, tabletop game. Uh, If you go to Boo Cherry, that's Boo like ghost, cherry like fruit, dot itch dot IO, you'll find all of my games. Uh, I've got a bunch of weirdo tabletop stuff as well as uh, a video game prototype and some other weird party games. But uh, Enter the Survival Horror is my flagship tabletop game. It is obviously inspired by Resident Evil, and I poured everything that I love about that genre into it. I think it's really cool. And uh, yeah, look forward to more of that in the future. Awesome. So a little preliminary recommendation at the top of the show for everyone to check out uh, DFG on Twitch, check out Super Ghost Radio, Halftone Takes, and Adam's Games on Itch, and you'll find links down in the show notes for all that stuff. Let's get into our topic today. So I wanted to talk about this, talking about getting into horror games, because uh, for people who've been listening to this show for a long time, you have heard me say many, many times that I don't like horror games and that I'll never play games like Dead Space or, uh, you know, 
even I probably said once upon a time that I'll never play a Resident Evil game. Um, I talked on those episodes about how Gone Home and scared the shit out of me so bad I uninstalled the game <laughs> and <laughs> how Firewatch freaked the fuck out of me. Oh my God. And that you'd never catch me playing actual horror games. And then flash forward, I just beat Dead Space this afternoon, actually. Um, I'm going to be playing Iron Lung here soon, a game that I hear is incredibly scary. And how the fuck did I get here? It's like that Paul Rudd on Hot Ones. Look at us. <laughs> Me and Adam have been talking about horror games for the past couple years. Look at us. Who would have thought? So mm-hmm. I wanted to bring you three on the show and talk about how we all got into horror games and what brought us to it. And then for other people out there who are like, I don't like being scared because here's the secret. I will now say out loud that I really like horror games, but I hate being scared. It's not what I want. There's a bunch of other stuff that draws me to these. So I wanted to talk to you all about this kind of process that we all go through. So before we get too deep into this whole horror game discussion, I do want to just have a little time at the beginning so everyone can talk about how they got into horror media in general and your history with the genre, since you are all horror sickos. Uh, So Adam, we'll start with you first. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. As for my own experience with horror games, when I was on the Resident Evil 4 remake episode, uh, I talked about my uh, college history. My, I, I, the, the exact quote that Jala roasted me for was my horror awakening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was that was that was really quite true uh, in college. Before that, I was a big scaredy cat and I didn't want anything to do with scary stuff. I have very vivid memories uh, as a kid of going to a sleepover and then putting on a VHS copy of the Goosebumps, the Haunted Mask movie. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> Too fucking scary for me. And I was just like, was in another room. Like, you sweet I summer child. I want to do this. <laughs> Imagine if you watched Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I know, that's the good stuff. But yeah, like I kind of dabbled in like some horror adjacent media. I I did read the Goosebumps books and I <laughs> had kind of a, a a fascination even though I didn't want to get involved with it. I was interested in people who were interested in it, if that makes sense. And then in college, I had the one-two punch of watching John Carpenter's The Thing and then playing Resident Evil 4. And that was really mm. uh uh, not so much a slippery slope as like a rocket sled that uh, <laughs> took me onto my current trajectory. Oh yeah, Jerry, how about you? I gotta say that's a good combo to to start with. The thing Absolutely that is like primo. that is like you dove into the shallow end and like broke your neck in fourteen places, <laughs> and then you were like, "Fuck it, I'm doing it again." <laughs> yeah, I, like. <laughs> It's incredible, so good. And then, and then the Resident Evil 4. Yeah, that's that's like, I'll never forget the first time playing the initial like village part. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was like, oh, yeah, the like to this day, I don't know if I've ever sweat that profusely in my life. <laughs> like that was insanity. If I can actually uh, uh, give one more bit of context to that. Uh, yeah, another yeah. super vivid and specific memory that I have. The first time I played Resident Evil 4 wasn't me playing Resident Evil 4 in my college dorm room. By the time that that came around, like, there was already tons of buzz around it in, like, gaming magazines in the early days of the internet. But um, but the first time 
that I played it was actually like a demo kiosk at a GameStop. And so what? I'm just like wandering around a mall and I see it there and I'm just like, okay, I've heard this is cool. I'm going to give it a try. And then, <laughs> I mean, uh, in a way that genuinely I don't think has ever happened before, being absolutely sucked into this demo kiosk in the middle of broad daylight, in the middle of a public uh, game store and, you know, getting pretty far in the village section before getting my head sawn off with a chainsaw. <laughs> and I remember like putting down the controller and my hands like physically trembling and just being like, what is this magic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's some really wild shit. Now, I had said to you guys in our group chat that uh, you would not believe what actually got me into everything that's horror. When mm. I was like seven years old, all right, so the big thing when I was seven was Jurassic Park. I went to see that thing. Mm -hmm. It scared the bejesus out of me. But I was like, I want more. Like, I remember trembling in the theater. But I was like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. Like, this is crazy. And then, of course, I wanted to rent the the video game. Now, I don't know if you're aware of the Super Nintendo Jurassic Park game. There are segments in that game where it goes into first person. Kind of like OG Doom. And when you do that, there's fucking raptors and shit. <laughs> and I I remember my poor seven-year-old soul just evacuating my body. Like, when I seen those raptors, like, leaping at you. Like, I, I was terrified. I remember my parents had gone out, and I had a babysitter. And she was like, no, 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 come here. It's fine. It's fine. And she was, like, trying to play this game. And I was like, I'm not having it, man. I'm not having it. Now... That's, I mean, that was like my first taste of actually being scared by a video game. But the first actual horror game I ever played, uh, I rented Nightmare Creatures for N64. Wow. Yeah. I, br I brought that home. A thing busted through a wall and I fucking turned that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> and I marched that shit back to the video store and I was like, I'll have Banjo-Kazooie, please. <laughs> and I don't know. There was something about it. I, re I remember like telling all my friends like, man, you wouldn't believe how scary this game is. And they were like, yeah, man, like that game is way too scary for me. And I was like, I kind of want to rent it again. <laughs> so when I went to go back to get it, it was rented out. And there was like some older kid there and he's like, if you think that's scary, you should check out this game. And he hands me Resident Evil 2. And I'm like, okay, is this supposed to be like really scary or something? He's like, try it out. And I was poisoned by that game. Like <laughs> I could like I there's there's nothing on this earth that has ever scared me more than when I first rented that game. Like that was that was something else. So I guess Nightmare Creatures was technically the first game in horror that I've ever played in that capacity resident evil 2 i think was the first game that i ever actually enjoyed and didn't immediately mm. turn off and bring back to the video store <laughs> nice uh dfg how about you I, I guess i'm the odd one out here uh because i have just been drenched in horror from the youngest of ages i was <laughs> way too young to watch night of the living dead at like four years old Mm -hmm. um, oh my God. <laughs> and, and did have reoccurring zombie nightmares for years and years and years but uh ever since then i mean I, we mostly watched like creature horror back then um but uh all kinds of bad b-movie horror I've, I've always been into and i kind of had to wait for video games 
to get to the point that they were actually scary. Mm -hmm. The first horror game that I played was Friday the 13th on the NES, and it is not scary. It is horrible. <laughs> it is <laughs> sucks. Just, it sucks. It is just the most annoying game. Um, doesn't have the fear factor. Like, yeah, Jason shows up, but it's like, whatever. <laughs> it's just some pixels. Uh, but the first game that I can remember that I actually felt like, oh my God, this is scary. Um, we rented Resident Evil, the original one. Um, actually it was the director's cut, but from a movie place and I sat down and started playing it. We had just gotten a PlayStation. I didn't even have a memory card. So, you know, the horror of playing a game when you don't have a memory card and you go, I have to beat this. And I played it throughout the entire night, did not beat it still. Um, but I remember thinking then, oh my God, games can actually be scary. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just... That sank it in right then and there that I was just in love with horror. Now, the weird thing is, is that I, <laughs> the reason I stream, uh, is because I am, um, a little scaredy cat who doesn't like to play horror game by myself. Uh -huh. So if I am sitting there playing a horror game by myself, I either have to have my, my wife sitting there and she got tired of me elbowing her when I would get jump scared in bed. It was like playing on my <laughs> switch. <laughs> so I started the streaming and streaming's okay. You know, I have these lights, I have people watching and it's, it's not nearly as terrifying to me when I'm doing it that way. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I, so when I just recently started playing the dead space remake, I was thinking like, so it, the Dead Space remake won a Patreon vote uh, for my Patreon supporters. And so I was like, oh, this will be cool. I'll stream the first couple hours as I play it. And I, I really think that that helped me not be afraid of it because I was checking the chat. I was talking to people, having a good time. Things are busting out through the walls and shit, but like I'm distracted, you know? Yeah. So I, I really, uh, there is merit to that for sure. Yeah, it helps you like kind of disconnect, right? Like it's it's a sort of it's like that is like the equivalent of like watching a scary movie through like your your <laughs> fingers like covering your face up kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of definitely. like oh, I'll just check with the chat. Like let me just disassociate from this fucking game for a second because I'm too scared. Like we yeah, talk exactly. to people. Well, you know, you have all these games that say you should play it in a dark room. Well, hey, I'm streaming. I can't play it in a dark room. You yeah, wouldn't see sorry, me. So I, I have to have these lights on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, my I guess I'll give a little history with horror for myself. Um, when I was a kid, I loved horror movies. So I, I've been playing games basically since I can remember, and I can't think of a, a game I played that anyone would call a horror game for a long time. So I was a big fan of the slasher movies. Um, I watched like all the, the Jason movies and Freddy Krueger and stuff like that. And those scared the piss out of me, but I liked it. And then... All right. So the things that like made the turn, they're weird. So uh, the there's a combo of watching The Grudge and uh, the Paris Hilton House of Wax movie where I was like, I don't like uh, horror movies anymore. I'm done with all uh -huh, this. Uh -huh. I can uh -huh. understand that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what the grudge because the grudge was legitimately scary. It scared the shit out of me. And then the the Paris Hilton movie, someone gets their Achilles tendon like cut with scissors. In I that remember, movie, that. and I was like, I don't want to mm. see this anymore. I think I'm good. Uh, yeah. So, 
<laughs> and then the first horror game that I can remember playing is The Suffering on PS2, I think it was. Yeah. And that's a like a haunted prison game. You play as a dude named Torque who killed his family. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that is that game, game good? Yeah. Is it no, scary? I, I don't think so. There's two, right? There was the suffering, and then there was the suffering, the ties that bind. Probably Maybe two yeah, of those yeah. things. Yeah. It sounds yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we we had like a, a a dude's night as as much of a dude's night as you can have when you're 15 or however old we were at the time, and uh, we played the suffering all night long, and it scared me really bad, and I was like, I don't uh, I don't want to play horror games anymore. So <laughs> for a long time, I just didn't play anything that you would consider to be horror except i played a couple of those games that i think are horror games and people say aren't like bioshock Mm -hmm. and the last of us and stuff like that games that have scares in them yeah Uh, i would say they're horror adjacent i I always use the term horror adjacent and that's right that's kind of the one of the things that I love so much about horror is of all the of all the genres of like games and movies. I feel like there's an argument to be had about horror has like the most subgenres of anything. Oh yeah, like it's there's like so many different things you can have a horror comedy, you can have horror drama. Like mm-hmm, I would say, like mm-hmm. in terms of a movie, like Hereditary would be like a horror drama. Um, sure. I don't know. There's just like there's just a huge sea of subgenres. So that's why I always have the argument. I bet I can find a horror game or movie for anybody. Like I could find you yeah. something that's horror or horror adjacent. A hundred percent. I'll take the challenge any day. If you come onto the tube network and check out any of the, the, the channels, there is a, uh, sorry, the tube discord. Uh, right. If you come onto the tube <laughs> discord and check one of the channels and you see me posting, there's like a 30% chance I'm arguing about taxonomy in some form or another. <laughs> I, I just find it really interesting. And horror is like really uniquely fascinating in that way because there's so many ways that you can categorize it. And I, I feel like it's not my job to gerrymander, you know, what is or is not horror. Like, I don't want to gatekeep. I don't want to to keep people away from it or to tell them that they're... Uh, a very real fear that they felt while playing that one level <laughs> in Spyro the Dragon 3, you know, wasn't real. But mm-hmm. uh, th- there's all kinds of non-horror things that have little horror bits snuck into them that uh, I I feel like those are often gateways into more, uh, quote-unquote, pure forms of horror where someone is just like, you know, Hey man, I was playing Metal Gear Solid 3 and I had a boss fight against the Sorrow and it's just some ghost who made me feel bad and <laughs> yeah. and I felt like that was really potent and interesting and is there more stuff like that, you know? Uh Well, I was just going to say um I I kind of I kind of disagree with the idea that BioShock isn't horror because I do feel like it taps into one of the deep fears in people and that is drowning um you're constantly underwater you're in a leaking underground city (laughs) that has water pouring in so you have that atmospheric fear of this could bust in at any moment and then you also have uh people popping out and, and attacking from corners. I think I, I, I totally thought it was a body horror. The first one could be. Yeah. 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 I, I would totally say that 
uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Um, Bioshock is what I would consider horror adjacent. I wouldn't say it's this. Is, I wouldn't say like, oh, it's a horror game, but like, definitely, if you're a horror fan, you gotta play yeah. Bioshock. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's mm-hmm. so good for that stuff. If something is is even a little bit scary at times, it's horror adjacent. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be like scares upon scares upon scares upon scares or like gory or bloody or. All those things. It just needs to have, like, even if it has a segment that's kind of horror, like you were mm-hmm. saying in, in Metal Gear, like, if there's, like, a part in Metal Gear, it's like, yeah, that was, you know what, horror fans, you should probably check this out. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really good point about, like, horror-adjacent stuff, right? Because that's what got me into horror. That's what eased me into it, is stuff that, like, is either horror games that are not super jump-scary, because jump-scares is the thing that I, I really... I still don't like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I recognize like the 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 building and release of tension that that building up to a good jump scare does, but I I don't I don't find myself like really valuing that. So there's always like non horror, non jump scare elements that draw me to these games, and so some of those horror adjacent or like you know light horror games uh, that are very obviously set in horrific places like Bioshock like Soma, another underwater uh, fucked station game, basically. (laughs) Um, uh, But other stuff like Silent Hill 2, which like you're outside for a lot of that game. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, Soma stuff is inside in really fucked up locations, but you're running around on the streets of Silent Hill. You don't have to fight anything. It's not like a, it's not a jump scare game. Games like that, that kind of like, just walk that line of being obviously horror games to me, but not set on like really scaring the shit out of you, uh, especially Silent Hill 2 and Soma. Those are more like psychological, psychological things. Yeah. And that yeah. is something that I like, I was immediately on board with like, don't like jump out at the screen at me, but like, hey, fuck with my head. Make me think <laughs> about what's going on after I'm done playing. Mm. I'm all here for that. Yeah, I was I was wanting to bring up because it was mentioned Bloodborne. Um, and I am definitely not one of the people that will go out in there and go, that's not a real horror game. Cause you didn't mm-hmm. get super scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> I think like it goes back even before video games because like, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is a horror mm-hmm. novel, but it's not like jump out of your seat scary. It's the themes and, and mm-hmm. the ideas. Yeah. And like with Bloodborne, the entire, uh, atmosphere of Bloodborne is horrific. Uh, but you don't go through it horrified. You go through it going, Oh, I wonder what's around this corner. Um, so I think a lot of horror ideas of just having to be super scary. I think that's a part of it, but it's not the whole. I mean, to me, what we're talking about is like different ways that horror media can manifest itself. And I think that there are a, a, a bunch of different, and this is why categorize, uh, uh, taxonomy you know, it is so difficult frequently because you can categorize it by like, did this elicit like a physical response for me? Did this make me jump? Did this elevate my heart pressure? Did this heart pressure? Did this, uh, my heart rate? <laughs> heart pressure. Uh, <laughs> did this, Fuck my you heart know, pressure up. <laughs> did this uh, uh, draw something unwillingly from me? Uh, and I think that's a really valid way to approach it. But then like intellectual horror of just like hey man here's a scary idea which i think you know bloodborne is full of 
is also just like a totally valid uh, way where it can be where like, you know, you play Silent Hill too, you play all kinds of stuff where it's not about just the, the visceral reaction. Often it's often about like you sitting there and thinking about the, the situation, the scenario, the implications uh, and how those can be haunting, you know, uh, I find that stuff lingers with me frequently and I find that really compelling. Yeah. What uh, Soma was an episode on Tales from the Backlog like two years mm-hmm. ago, and I still think about multiple parts of that game like totally. on a pretty regular basis. It's tremendous. Uh, but then there's also like mechanical horror where it's like the horror of actually playing something. Uh, Resident Evil 4 is like a, a really wonderful example of just like gameplay that exists on the knife's edge of fight versus flight where you're constantly mm-hmm. uh you know do i stay here and try to get a couple more shots do i try to reload uh trying not to get overwhelmed uh that can be really compelling to me i really love the mechanical ways that uh horror can be expressed as well that's uh that goes into bloodborne too and and all the from software games have an aspect of that you know that like well, I could push out and go check out what's around this corner, but it's been a while since I was at a bonfire and I'm carrying like four levels worth of stuff. Do I really that want to go risk yeah. that? The true fear. <laughs> that, is, that is one of my favorite feelings in games. The, the feeling of like against your will pushing into the unknown. Like, ah, mm-hmm. I, I love how like Bloodborne mixes like that eldritch, like cosmic horror and like just like the gothic architecture it's like if castlevania met alongside with like hp lovecraft stuff like it's just like mm-hmm. that perfect yeah. amalgamation of both those things and yeah, it doesn't like uh, expertly what if the uh, castle didn't turn upside down in symphony of the night and instead it just became this eldritch monstrosity halfway through the game then it would be called bloodborne <laughs> then it would be <laughs> called much. crawl <laughs> Bloodborne's uh, interesting because that, was, that was that was always a game where when I told people I didn't like horror games, they were like, "Well, you talk about Bloodborne all the time. Doesn't that scare you?" And the answer was like, "Yeah, things like bust out of crates at me and stuff." But I I am so deadly as a character in Bloodborne that like I can kill anything mm-hmm. that does that. It's not a big deal. That's why Gone Home scared me so bad because <laughs> I knew if something home. jumped out a window at me, I wasn't going to be able to do anything. And Gone Home is is horrifying I, I like it has an atmosphere to it that's just horrifying and i was mm-hmm. i was just going to bring up you you mentioned because i can fight them um for me the horror games that i absolutely adore are the ones that i don't feel like i'm in control like okay. if you put if you put a gun in my hand or a sword or anything like that i feel like i have some semblance of control and it's not going to scare me as badly as if i'm just stuck in this area have to find my way out there's some kind of horrific, whether it be a monster or just the atmosphere, um, bearing down on me. I like that feeling of not being in control. That's mm-hmm. probably why something, that's probably why, like, um, spoilers for the Dead Space episode. I didn't think Dead Space was very scary. And it's because, uh, well, there's a couple reasons for that. Uh, but the main reason is I am like a complete badass in that yeah. game. The weapons mm-hmm. are so powerful in that game that. You know, a bunch of stuff may jump out and it might be annoying to have like nine enemies swarming at me, but I can take care of it. No problem. So I'm not really afraid when I see something bust out of a vent in that game. 
because I got the plasma cutter handy. I'm I'm ready for it, you know. Yeah. Whereas in Firewatch, you know, <laughs> there's a, a section in Firewatch where you think you're being hunted, and it's like, well, I can't do anything if someone catches up to me. So that that is more scary for sure. Yeah. How many of you guys have played the Mortuary Assistant? I have. That I've might watched be, a YouTube video. That's about as brave as I can be on that one. That, that one might, looks no good. That might be the scariest fucking thing I've ever played. It's it's yeah. horrifying, and they have all kinds of events throughout the year. And we, I played during Halloween, and there was a clown, and it was that just <laughs> oh the way they so that that's a good like it kind of goes hand in hand with what you were saying, uh, DFG how. You, being helpless and like that game it, it kind of does it in a really expert way that you wouldn't expect because like some of the craziest scares in that game didn't even make a sound yeah mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. could have missed them like at one point i was like fiddling around with like one of the cabinets and i just like seen at the top of the screen like that there was like it looked like a hand but i was like what the fuck is that and as i moved the camera up slowly i noticed it was a foot and then as I moved it all the way up, there's just this th- like thing yeah. perched on top of the cabinet. It's horrifying. And I yep. fully just like alt F4, just like out of the game. Like, get this away from me. This is too much. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It was easily the scariest thing that I've played in a very long time. I think there is a trend to the kind of stuff that I like gravitate to. It and it is the kind of stuff where I'm I'm either capable or I don't have to like, it's easy to run away from stuff like in mm-hmm. Silent Hill 2 or Soma has a safe mode that I used where the monsters don't chase you and you can, you can go look at them. They're cool. Like I'm glad they're still there. <laughs> uh, but, or like in Bioshock, it's not really a difficult game, but thinking about stuff like alien isolation, oh, where I'm like, I don't yeah. really want to play that game. That sounds, uh, that oh, sounds have you not played that? To me. no. No. It's good. It's Shit, real no, good, man. man. You do get <laughs> weapons. You get weapons eventually. Alien isolation. Uh, like I, I just want to take like a, a quick detour <laughs> and talk about like. First of all, the pacing in that game is whack, and it's at least fifty percent too long. So yes, yeah. I was going to say the that. android part. The android <laughs> yeah. part is way too long. Uh, but those androids are such great enemies. I really love those androids, and part of it is like, like let me paint a scenario that's common in alien isolation you have a door and you need to w- use a welder uh, like a cutting torch to open it and in the area there are these creepy androids and you've got a revolver the revolver can shoot really fast but reloads really slow the welder takes time to cut open that you have to expose your back without having peripheral awareness of what's going on. The enemies are able to be killed, but doing so will make lots of noise that will attract the alien. And the whole time, the way that you keep track of it is with the motion tracker, which is reliable, question mark? Uh, it's, (laughs) It's difficult to parse. It's difficult to pinpoint stuff. And as a result, it's this really wonderful mechanical constellation of tension and anxiety where you have all of these interesting choices in order of operations that you have to do that make knock-on effects. There's always, like, consequences to what you do. And no matter what order you're trying to do them in, 
uh, it's going to create tension and fear. And I find that so admirable. And I really want uh, not even a sequel, but like a spiritual successor to Alien Isolation that will iterate on that kind of fear. And like like uh, Adam just said, 50% too long. So in my mind, perfect horror uh, is eight to 10 hours long. I think, I think mm. that's about perfect. After that, you just start to go through the motions. You're no longer being scared by it. You're just expecting it. Mm. And the weird thing about Alien Isolation is it gets to a point where you have a very satisfying ending and then it just keeps going. <laughs> you realize you have 12 more hours of game to play. Oh, yeah. geez. And they keep escalating it, but not in ways that I think are really additive. So uh, qualified recommendation. However, there are like little DLC bonus episodes, which are like small bite-sized chunks. And I think that's kind of the way to go where you just have like, here's 45 minutes. Here's an hour of really intense content. Dave, I wanted to kind of circle back on something that you did say, though, um, with mm-hmm. Silent Hill 2. Yeah. So Silent Hill 2 is easily one of my favorite horror games ever. And it's sort of for the it's kind of for the same reasons that you said that you liked it so much. And a lot of that, I feel like, has to do with that fucking soundtrack. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, yeah. I don't know if you knew this. You might have. And I'm sh- like, I-, I think you could look it up somewhere. So the composer specifically found sounds that are like abrasive to our ear so like all Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. the scratching and like the tumbling of like industrial like like washing machines and like just all that grimy shit that you hear that's like is that a monster or is that part of the soundtrack like what the Mm -hmm. fuck is that noise and like the way it gets louder and louder and louder to the point where you're like i don't want to listen to this like i want to turn this (laughs) off like i don't want to hear this sound like it is insane and you're right it totally fucks with your head and i love that i love when a game gets in my head and just fucking wiggles around and makes me feel uncomfortable (laughs) yeah that that Mm -hmm. was always something that like i i was immediately on board with that that stuff it was always just like the i don't want to play games that have things jumping out and like surprising me and but i was always down with like hey mess with my head give me some fucked up story. And a lot of those stories like Soma and Silent Hill 2 and uh, Devotion, I haven't played Devotion, but like that. uh, Real good. That story is really fucked up. And those stories kind of have to be horror games. If you made them in something that's not scary or like not in a scary setting or something like that, it would have very little bite to it, I feel like. So that was one of the things that drew me into these games too because i realized i'm missing out on a, a big slice of really cool stories and that's like part of the reason i play games in the first place absolutely if i can bring up just like a totally separate reason to like <laughs> horror games yeah shout out to monsters god oh, damn yeah. i fucking love a monster <laughs> just like it just a fucked up little guy like uh-huh. hell yeah like Horror games are the best in the biz. If you want like something that's just like, what am I even looking at? That's yeah. where you go. From Software are the kings of monster design. Oh, they're so yeah. good. From Software yeah. are great at it. The the necromorphs in Dead Space. I got Dead oh, Space yeah. on the brain. Great monster designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the Resident Evil Four remake makes a couple of like great little tweaks. The uh the spider plagas 
Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's so good when they jump on someone and just start driving them around. Ah, <laughs> yeah. love it. Yeah, so gross. Shout out to monsters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, big shout out to monsters. I was going to actually ask you guys, what would you say is the scariest, like, handful of games you've played? Like, maybe, like, what's the scariest, like, older game? Maybe, like, what's the scariest, like, current, like, modern game? So, for me, older game, um, the original Silent Hill is the first game that I played that I was like, okay, games were scary with Resident Evil. Now they're horror. Like now this is just truly terrifying. And then Silent Hill 2, a masterpiece, just amazing. Um, so I think those those two are, are some of the scariest that I played back in, in the day. The scariest game that I have played recently is called Home Sweet Home. I don't know if oh, any of you all have heard of that. I've heard of that. I've never checked it. Is it really that scary? It is terrifying especially it if today. it's it's the <laughs> it's the base fears that it gets you with the the you know it was mentioned with adam the uh the part in alien isolation where you're trying to open up the door with with the welder and you have things behind you there are parts in that game where it does that there are also parts in that game if you're wearing headphones where you'll hear something like breathing behind you so you turn around in the game there's nothing there and it happens like five or 10 times, I think, where you think there's something there and there's nothing there. So eventually you just go, okay, it's just a sound effect. And once you hit the point where you're like, it's just a sound effect, there's nothing. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is horrifying. Um, absolutely love it. Being a, being a streamer, um, of course, I have to bring up Outlast. Mm-hmm. Outlast is scary. It is horrifying. It's not a fun game to play. It's a fun game for other sure people to watch you play. <laughs> it's not that fun to play. Like it, it had, it has its moments. It has its good. I just, to me, it's more a game that was like, Hey, other people will want to watch you play this game. And it, so <laughs> it's stressful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. stressful to play. Did you play the second one? I haven't played the second one yet. I actually really want to get the LS trials. I've actually been hearing really good things about that. It's yeah. like people were saying at first, like, oh, it's just going to be like dead by daylight or something. But I guess there's a lot more substance to the game. Like it's there's actually like levels and stuff. It's not just like, a oh, let's just play a match. Yeah, it's, it seems really cool. It's got a lot to it. Yeah. For me, what comes to mind is uh, I, I'm also going to shout out Silent Hill one because I didn't play that until late. I had already beaten Silent Hill 2, Silent Hill 3. I had tried Silent Hill 4, a game that's conceptually super interesting and miserable to play. I had a bunch of Resident <laughs> Evil games under my belt at that point. And then I went back and tried to play Resident or, uh, Silent Hill 1. And something about that lo-fi aesthetic like really got under my skin. Like I, I have never actually beaten Silent Hill 1 because I just like something about it just 
got to me in a way that the other ones hadn't. Uh, and I'm thrilled to see that like PS1 aesthetic coming back for horror specifically. Uh, Signalis comes to mind for modern Love Signalis. Uh, horror games. And that game is just absolutely wonderful. But then uh, two other like more recent ones, uh, Deadwood, I think is no, not Deadwood. Deadwood is the cowboy shark. Darkwood. D- Dark- Darkwood. Darkwood. Yeah. That's the top down thing, right? Yeah, it, it's a top-down uh, kind of, like, survival game. That game is almost too scary to play. Uh, again, purely for mechanical purposes, the way it limits your vision, the way that you have to, like, barricade yourself in at night in order to to survive what's, go- what's coming your way. Like, that feeling of the ticking clock and the sun going down. And there's no... Let's call them artificial jump scares. There's no authored jump scares. However, you're always so paranoid and your head is always on a swivel that it's very common to not realize that you've stumbled upon something very spooky until you're already on top of it. And so I, I've scared myself a lot uh, <laughs> just doing that. And then uh, the third thing I want to shout out, just categorically... VR horror games. Oh, Too yeah. scary to play. Mm. Can't nope, do it. Not doing it. <laughs> I did Resident Evil 7 from start to finish in VR, and that is easily one of the scariest experiences I've ever had. Fucking God bless you for having the constitution for that. Was that your first playthrough? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I Jesus I got Christ. I got <laughs> VR. I got a PSVR specifically for that because I played that fucking kitchen demo. And as, after yes. I realized that that was Resident Evil, I was like, oh, I got to have this. This is yeah. this is amazing. I got to own this. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Whew. And to the point, at one point, like, I mean, you're so submersed into this thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. there was points playing that game where I would just sit there and just yep. be, like, motionless and just being like, I don't know if I can force myself to go down this hallway. Like, I can't, <laughs> like, I'm, I physically yeah. can't yeah. move anything. And there, there was a point where I thought my girlfriend was going to leave me because <laughs> she came downstairs while I was in the middle of playing this game. She had been calling out to me. She was like, Hey, uh, like our food is ready or like our delivery is here or whatever. And I wasn't responding. She came down seeing that I was in VR and she mm-hmm. tapped me on the chest oh, <laughs> and was like, Hey, and I f- like flipped over backwards because I was like kind of sitting on like a little stool thing. And I just like <laughs> ripped the headset. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you out of your mind? Like you can't, you can't see what the fuck I'm doing here. Like, and she was just like, it's a video game. Calm down. I'm like, you, you don't get to say that to me. Okay, man. Like I was like, I was so shook, shook up by this like event. Like nothing has ever fucked me up worse. You don't understand. There's a margarita bat and it's bad. Oh, man. It was so... It was actually... I remember the exact moment it happened. It's when you get to where the fucking little girl is. And, like, you're crawling through, like, the Mm -hmm. little fort that she makes. And you see, like, her legs just standing there at the end of, like, the little tunnel. No good. Yeah, no. It was bad. It was very bad. And I thought my girlfriend was going to leave me. (laughs) I will say that I have played through uh, Resident Evil 4 VR several times. That game is incapable of scaring me because I've played it 100,000 times. Uh, 
And then and also John wicking like the fucking guns and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Uh, play it in VR if you can. And then also, uh, I have p- uh, beaten Half Life Alex, which has not. It's oh, not a horror so game, good. but it has horror segments. And one of those horror segments is one for the history books, legendary stuff. But I know, I know it, what you're it, talking it, about. <laughs> It it is still like welcoming enough that I was able to play it. Some like games that are built as horror for VR for the purpose of scaring you. Let me tell you, you can succeed in that mission. Yeah, yeah, they're bad. Yeah, VR just it it taps straight into your animal brain, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no separating yourself from uh, from VR. And I'm, you know, I'm on this podcast talking about how I'm a a, a new fan of horror games, but. <laughs> You know, we'll check back with me in a couple of years about. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, the the scare I saved myself for last on this question because uh, I wanted you all to talk about the actually scary games before I say the scariest one I've played. Uh, but I want to shout out um, a game that I thought could not possibly be scary and that scared the shit out of me several times. And that's The Last Door, which is a pixel art point yes. and click game. Never Lots of, of uh, very, very good horror moments in that game. Um, and it's a chunky pixel game. You look at it, you're like, there's no way. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it got me many times. But um, I think the scariest game I've played is still Prey. Uh, And it's not a horror game per se, but it has one of the scariest enemies in any game that I've played uh, with the mimics because it's just they are coded jump scare enemies (laughs) that can come from literally anything. So... When I think about the games that have scared me, yeah, there's been bigger scares and there's been more like, you know, gore and overt horror than Prey. But no game gave me that feeling you were talking about, Jerry, where I'm like, I don't really want to walk through this room right now because I know there's a mimic in here and I don't know where it's coming from and I'm a big baby. Uh, So it got me thinking that like uh, that paranoid feeling that everyone talks about. And I talked about mm-hmm. it on the tales from the backlog episode where you walk in a room and you're like, all right, which one of you motherfucking coffee mugs is a mimic in here. And okay. You point of order, a bunch Dave. of stuff. Yeah. Point of order, Dave, there is a sticky note that says it's not a mimic, so it can't That's, possibly are, be a mimic. There no. are many sticky notes that say <laughs> not a mimic. Never been more afraid of a coffee mug in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's that's probably still the scariest game. And like outside of the mimics, Prey's not that scary, but like the mimics are everywhere. And it was only, well, f- five to 10 hours into the game when you get the ability to spot the mimics and they mm-hmm. stop being so scary once you can scan for them but until that point boy that game scared the shit out of me oh yeah and that this is a good um kind of talking about another genre that i really love that like lends itself to horror well and that's immersive sims because i play these Mm -hmm. games in a really sneaky silent type of way so even like a a dishonored or deus ex still gives me a little bit of like spooky vibes because i'm tense all the Mm -hmm. time trying not to get caught the way that i like to play those games so you will not see me playing amnesia the bunker anytime soon though i hear that game's great i gotta dis. i i I, I threw that on it i didn't like it okay fair enough (laughs) hey like i said i i will not be disagreeing or disagreeing (laughs) with you anytime soon i also want to shout out the upcoming uh gloomwood which looks really good yes indie immersive sim horror i can't tell how scary that game is but i'm all about that so this is like a genre that was another kind of like 
way for me to like wedge my way into playing more like overt horror games because I've been playing games that were already making me tense anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I was just going to quickly shout out a co- like, so the one old game that I wanted to shout out that actually to this day I have not gone back to beat and I feel like I should. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe I, maybe I will. Maybe I will this weekend. Maybe I'll give it a go, you know, just because, you know, for the backlog, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. I will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> clock tower for super nintendo uh-huh see you uh, mentioned a clock tower or uh, a super nintendo game as your gateway yeah. and i was like and you, ah, it's you clock thought, tower for sure yeah That's clock what tower I was thinking as well. for super nintendo guess what guys that game's fucking scary <laughs> it's because of tension like mm-hmm. you you're so helpless and you're just like click on the bathtub get in the bathtub like and yeah it, it's i like i fully recommend anybody to just get their hands on clock tower for yeah. super nintendo and just give it give it a give it a once over uh that game has a upcoming remaster so that yep. will be more widely available very it soon. does yeah oh my god yeah limited run i think is working with that right oh bless them bless their socks it's gonna be awesome um the uh the more recent games uh one of which i'm currently playing um but have you guys heard of puppet combo Yes, I love Puppet Combo. Holy shit, they make I... fucking awful oh looking games that are scary as shit. They... And <laughs> and one of the most recent games that scared the absolute soul out of me was Murder House. Oh, yeah. I loved Murder House. Holy shit, oh dude. All right, what kind of games are these? Because yeah, I have I... no idea what you're talking about. They're like lo-fi. Like, they look like PS1 games on purpose. Yeah. Um, but, like, they have terrible voice acting on purpose <laughs> mm-hmm. and i don't know like they they just go for like this uh, like just old school like ps1 shitty b style like b horror movie kind of thing like murder house is literally like you're in a a house filming a documentary or like you're part of a news crew or something mm-hmm. and like it has like resident evil vibes like there's a safe room and there's like puzzles and shit but like you're being stalked by this the what what's he called isn't he just like the bunny man or something like yeah bunny man. he's like he's like a guy in an easter bunny suit and it is mm. absolutely horrifying like that game like scared the shit out of me i think that game came out in like what 2020 maybe october 2020 yeah yeah somewhere around there bingo october. uh check that game out that game will scare the piss out of you it's if you love pup puppet combo oh Night yeah the gates of hell is another one if you i haven't have played, played that one it's great. Yeah. Yeah. The, I'll, I'll, and like, um, what, what was the, uh, oh, Blood Wash. Blood Wash was good shit too. Yeah. That was really good. But the one that I'm playing right now, and I just did a, uh, are we saying Twitter still or what the fuck are we calling this now? I'm still the website formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> like, if I want to say, hey, I tweeted this out, what the fuck am I supposed to say now? I X'd it <laughs> out. That sounds so stupid. Fuck you, Elon. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not a sponsor. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a big fan of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I tweeted out the other day uh, how much I love my friendly neighborhood, which is Sesame mm-hmm. Street crossed with mm. Resident Evil. And holy shit, this game is so much fun. You got to check it out. Adam, you have to play this. You have to. It's definitely on the list. Someone said it's not Resident Evil. It's Resident Evil 7 specifically. And I need more Resident Evil 7 
inspired things uh, in my life in general because that's the good shit to me. It's real good. It's tough too. Like if you put it on like the the one up from like normal difficulty, which it says uh-huh. like, hey, if you're a veteran to horror games, p- try this yeah. out. It's pretty difficult. Like it's you're you're definitely like managing your ammo. Oh, and you don't get to save whenever you want. Like you have Exciting. to you have to use like these little tokens, uh. and you can use them to save or you can use them to heal. It's oh, uh, that's like my favorite thing. That's I great. know it's. It's really good. And then like the, just the just the dumb like puppets like it's not even really that scary, but it's very mm. tense. Like when you're just hearing someone be like A, B, C, D, E, like they're just like <laughs> yelling their ABCs and you're like, yeah. man, fuck this thing. I'm not going anywhere near this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's on the list for sure. Yep. Check it out. Free demo. So I think that this is a good time. We've been talking about like some of the scariest stuff we've played. It's time to take a step back and think about the the beginners, the people who want to ease into horror, uh, the people like me six months ago. <laughs> uh, so mm-hmm. I want to get a, a collection of games that people can play that will give them like a slice of what we like about horror games without being the scariest shit possible, you know? So... Yeah, let's uh let's just throw some games out there for people to try. B- before we talk about specific games, I want to uh highlight what you said earlier, which is the value of having someone else in the room with you. The value of controlling uh-huh. your circumstances, the value of whistling in the dark. Uh that is a really potent way to get through something that's scary and I think that is going to be really common in most people's early horror days because I have very vivid memories of playing Silent Hill 2 in a college dorm with two other people around me and me being like, guys, I don't want to go through the door. And then being like, you gotta <laughs> go through the door. You gotta <laughs> go through the door. Yeah. Uh, so just in general, you are in charge of your environment. You control the circumstances. And that is an additional way to adjust the fear. So always mm. keep that in mind. That's true. You do not have to take the game's advice and play it in a dark room with the curtains drawn. <laughs> no, <You must>. never. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do after you've desensitized yourself and you're just trying to feel fucking anything. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I will be playing Iron Lung here soon, surrounded by all of my friends and family. Mm-hmm. Iron Lung... <laughs> Is the love of my life. I it don't is. know anything about this other than Markiplier is making a movie. Yeah, it's um, so it's it's basically it got back in the news recently when that uh that Titan sub went down near the <laughs> Titanic or whatever because that's yeah. basically what the game is from what I hear. <laughs> Zeb felt really bad because his game started selling like hotcakes. Exactly. Yeah. So that's going to be coming up on the show um in October, so people can look forward to that. The only true way to play that is with a Logitech gamepad. <laughs> <laughs> Got to run out to Walmart first. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's get some horror recommendations to to ease some newbies in. Okay, so uh, for mine, I I just want to mention this Call of Cthulhu. Um, it is scary in the eldritch horror kind of way, but mm. it is a game that you 
you can't lose. Like it's not, it's, it's incredibly easy to play. So it, it has that horror, but at the same time, it has that, I'm going to make it through this. So it, it's a really good game for beginners. Uh, to yeah, be clear, you're talking I, I about the newer game. Call of Cthulhu game, not Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of the Earth. No, not that horrible, horrible game. <laughs> horrible Dark game, Corners really? of the Earth has a really great first act and then it falls has off a, a great, cliff. Yeah, yeah, it, it's good at first and then it, no. Stop once that, you get uh, a gun. That new yes. Call of Cthulhu game is is a good recommendation. I played that last year. It's mm. definitely, it's got all the, the horror vibes that you want and it's only got a couple sections like where there's actually a monster or something. The rest of the time, yeah. you're just kind of, you're just kind of going in dark places where eldritch shit might happen, but it's not <laughs> not stuff busting through the walls at you. Mm. Yeah, it's not hour after hour of bodies busting out of shit wood onto pavement. <laughs> <laughs> I <didn't> rig shit. <laughs> Another one of my suggestions uh, would be Dredge. Oh yeah, uh, yep. I heard fantastic that's really good. game, and it's just the lightest of horror on it, um, but yep. it's just just about the perfect game you can play. It, it has a great game pay, play loop and uh, it's just a blast to play. That's one of those uh, mechanical horror things that Adam was talking about earlier. Like that, you know, I, I want to get more fish to make more money, but after dark, some spooky shit happens and yeah. I don't really want to be out after dark. So it's that risk reward thing that's pulling at you. And ah, uh, the life of a fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there is just enough. Yeah. Like, there's just enough like actual spooky stuff every now and then. And the rest of the time, it's just like vibes where everyone is like, all the people you talk to are like, man, this shit sucks. Right. Yeah. And the true horror is fishing and then looking at the clock and realizing, Oh my God, I'm in the middle of the ocean and I have to get back to my uh-huh. port. Yep. Before- Dredge does such a good job making you lose track of time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the, yeah, check those out. moments where you're like, ah, the sun is almost down and I'm in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Whoops. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to recommend uh, cozy, spooky games are are kind of in vogue and are starting to, to float around. The two most obvious ones that come to mind are Dredge and Cult of the Lamb. Which is another mm-hmm. uh, uh, just just a light dusting. You know, it's really just a, a little bit of spooky coat of paint on top of it but uh you know if you're new to it and you're just happy to get eased into it that could be something that uh would appeal to you i'd say if you just want to like get started just throw on a vr headset and just jump into resident evil 7 it's not that big of a deal don't listen to what i said dead. <laughs> you'll either drop dead on the spot or you'll be a fan yeah consult uh, a doctor before i actually that. i kind of have like two answers to this and one of them so the, the i would say like if you're curious about like, ooh, that's kind of weird and spooky, check out Control. Control is like sure. kind of weird, mm-hmm. like X Filesy, like I don't mm. understand this, therefore I'm scared, like kind of thing. Like, and like yeah. you know, those people just like floating in the air and shit, like makes you feel uneasy, but it's not like straight up like I'm scared to death of what's going on in this game. It's just more like a this is weird, right? And like freaky, you know? It, like it, it plays I, into fear of the unknown. Yeah, and I feel like that would be uh, an easy stepping stone to like for someone to be like, oh, I really liked in in control the way that they you know made you like the the mystery of all the shit that's going on and like 
I don't understand what's going on. Therefore, it's like kind of spooky to me in a way. Um, the other game, that, and this might sound a bit harsh, but trust me, Layers of Fear is not that bad of a game to start off with because it's it's just a what like you can't die. It's just you're yeah. literally pressing mm-hmm. on. And Dave, I would say that also is a cool representation of like psychological shit like some people might shit on that game because it's like oh there's nothing there's no point to the game like you just, it's just literally like a haunted house but like i don't know like that to me would be, probably be a good stepping stone because it's, it's literally like fucking with your head mm-hmm. and like yeah there's there's a few like decent jump scares but it's more of like oh you walk into this room and you're like man where the fuck am i supposed to go and then you turn around and you're like oh this hallway wasn't here just now like i just i came through a door mm-hmm. and now there's a hallway like <laughs> It's it's totally like an e and like again you can't like you can die but then you literally just restart at like a checkpoint like there's no there's no real consequence to dying in the game like you're just pressing on to mm-hmm. see all the weird effects and get like the story of this guy who's a super big wino and like his life has fallen apart and he just paints fucking pictures when he's drunk and shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of like my two answers for like, hey, if you want to just kind of dip your toe or again, just fucking throw a VR headset on, go all out. (laughs) When you put on that VR headset in order to be immersed into the world of Resident Evil 7, I will unleash into your house one large moth. Like, do you... Have you listened to our like? Do you know that I am absolutely horrified at like I've we've had discussions about how disgusting I find moths to be. Like <laughs> I fucking I like people are like butterflies are beautiful. I'm like no fuck them. They're disgusting. Like have you ever seen a butter like a butterfly is just a fucking colorful moth. And like when you look at them under a microscope, mm-hmm. that's all they are. There's nothing more scary. <laughs> well, it's gonna land on you while you're in the basement. So I thought you were gonna talk about the uh, the Resident Evil Seven uh, candle. Do you remember when they brought that out? You remember the no? You never the, seen this the candle? They Cap- What's the candle. <laughs> Capcom released a candle to go along with Resident Evil Seven. It was like a digital candle, and it would emit scent. It would emit scents to go along with the game. Oh, okay, honest. Yes, yeah, I swear to God. Look, look it up. Oh man. That's wild. You're playing Resident Evil 7 with the, the virtual smell o vision, and you're like, I think this thing's fucking broken. It just smells like mold in there. Like this. Um, whatever the fuck's going on in that kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> it's no good. Oh, my God. The first time seeing that kitchen and just going around and looking at stuff. Oh, yeah. So Resident Evil 4D Candle is what it was called. Hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> it's real. It's a thing. That's hilarious. With the the layers of fear that you mentioned, because I really I really enjoyed layers of fear when I played it. Um, if you play layers of fear and you like it, play the amnesia games. You'll like them too. One of the best things about the amnesia games is if you die in it, like if the monster gets you, it actually respawns you in a better position. So you're farther into the game. Mm. Like you can't you can't actually lose that game either. It it pushes you forward. So it's I really enjoyed them. Oh, yeah. Uh, my my recommendations for people like me at this time last year are the kinds of games that I was playing at this time last year. So games that are, you know, a little bit spooky in atmosphere or in story, but not scary, scary. So something like Returnal 
uh, feels good. It's it's dark. Mm-hmm. There's aliens. It's difficult. Um, it's tense. But it's not a horror game. I don't. It, well, some of the the first person sections in that game are a little bit creepy, but they're very short. So, uh, Returnal is a game like that. Um, some of those games that are debatable whether they're horror or not. Stuff like The Last of Us, Bioshock, stuff like that. They have horror sections. They have jump scares. They have stuff jumping out at you. The Last of Us Part Two has one of the best jump scares I've ever experienced in a video game. So those games have horror elements. They have horror levels, but they're not like trying to scare you all the time. Like I think Bioshock is a horror game, but like the splicers don't scare me. They're, they're little weirdos, you know? So stuff like that, I I recommend for people. And then the from software games that we talked about earlier are another thing just to bring that up Mm -hmm. again. They're tense games. Bloodborne is entire takes place entirely at night. There are jump scares, things jumping out at you, but you can kill everything. So it's not like a, a really big deal. And I think that yeah. the the stuff that kind of like eased me into it is the stuff that can ease someone else into it too. If you're, if you're thinking like, I don't want to be scared. I don't like horror games. I bet you've played something that I would consider to be scary and enjoyed it before. So that's uh that's kind of what I've realized, like looking back on all these games where I'm like, I don't like horror games, but you just finished playing The Last of Us. That can be scary at times. Uh yeah, I mm-hmm. suppose you're right, you know? <laughs> it's I, I think that there's kind of two I'm gonna say there's three major inroads if you're totally uh-huh. new. One is whistling in the dark. <laughs> Play it with a friend on the couch, someone who's going to support you where you can trade the controller what back is, and forth. And what is the just... is that a game? <laughs> no, no, no. It's a just, way of life. Uh, it, it's a turn of phrase in order to just say, like, uh, uh, talking with friends, turning the lights oh. on, having someone there to commiserate with I was with like, I, I must check this game um, out. Is this an indie game? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, Whistling in the Dark would be a great in- game title, so uh, stick that in the back pocket for later. Like, I, I think that that's genuinely a valuable way to do it. Two is uh, horror games are often about disempowerment Mm -hmm. however there are ones that are empowering such as bloodborne and bioshock and the last of us uh those can be great inroads because it does feel like you have the tools to fight back resident evil 4 was another big one for me yep uh the 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 beginning is intense so like if you if you need a entry point i would probably recommend the resident evil 3 remake because that is such a popcorn action film that's you know basically like a terminator movie rather than uh uh, something that's truly scary and then the third way is like if you want the spooks and bad vibes but you don't want uh the mechanical stress something like the last door or gone home are genuinely great uh inroads gone home is such a perfect recreation of the fear of being in your house when all the lights are off and you have to get something from the mm-hmm, basement yeah. and it makes you nervous. Like that's the feeling. Uh, and, and I, like I treasure that. You feeling. know, I just thought of another type of game that is a good inroad too. And it's the horror game that doesn't take itself seriously. So resident evil four brought yes. this to me because resident evil four has <laughs> suplexes <laughs> resident. It has resident <laughs> evil shit happening, but you can also pick yeah. up enemies and suplex them. And Salazar is a little goon and, it's it yeah. very obviously can't be something like uh, the quarry 
or Until Dawn. Oh, I love the core. Mm-hmm. Those games mm-hmm. are, they're almost comedies, even though there's people getting killed some, in yeah, the most brutal shit. ways possible. Uh, yeah, and totally. Until Dawn has like some some legitimately scary scenes in it, but it it's like five hours of like teenage 80s horror movies and then like <laughs> one scary scene and then more teenage horror movie. So like, it's it's not like a, it's not something that I can't handle. You know what I mean? Like if it's just happening every now mm-hmm. and then. And then the quarry is even less scary than Until Dawn. The quarry is even more of a, a teenage it's horror camp, movie, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. So those kind of games that like, they are horror games, yeah, but they're they're not taking themselves seriously in that way. Yeah. Any of the yeah. dark pictures. Yeah, uh, the dark pictures are great. Are are a lot like yeah. the Until Dawn games. They're just they're fantastic little campy games. Th- those are going to be great inroads in the same way where it's like, ah, I'm too scared to watch a real horror movie, but I will watch a Shaun of the Dead or an Evil Dead 2. Yeah, exactly. You know? And those games are great to play with people as well. Specifically, the um, uh, what what's super super massive the the developer mm-hmm. of those. Yeah. Specifically, yeah. those. I mean, they made the quarry with multiplayer modes and streaming modes so that you can play with people. Mm-hmm. And have have any of you all played Elden Ring? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So we've mentioned Bloodborne, but Elden Ring. That first moment when you find yourself in Kaled. Oh, oh yeah, and you Wonderful realize you are that. not ready for Kaled, uh-huh. and you are horrified, and so that's a good little toe dip into horror because later on you come back to Kaled and you are just a badass, and you're yep. like, no, no, you big birds, you T Rex dogs, you ain't gonna mess with me. No, look at my big big ass sword. <laughs> Did you guys all get tell like so I don't know if it, it was the same for you guys but I just like happened to find a chest that was like boop and like yes. teleported yep. me, me to Kaled and I was like oh I'm in a little cave this is kind of cool and then you would emerge and you're like oh I don't like this place at all yeah this that is, is I get back I want to go home <laughs> legitimately yeah. the worst feeling I have ever had while playing a video game <laughs> uh, yeah. I legitimately laughed out loud at that and I'm like from software. You're hilarious. You Sons of bitches. Yeah. Great prank. Yeah. Um, you could have been a mimic. Why weren't you a mimic? I just wanted uh, I, I, to. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. Real quick. Like, something that I do find fascinating. Um, Elden. I don't think that. I don't know if this is controversial, uh, but I think I, I 100% believe this sincerely. I think Elden Ring is exactly as much of a cosmic horror story as Bloodborne is. The difference is the aesthetic. There's, it's a lot brighter, and you don't have like the traditional tentacle, goopy monsters, but like all of the ideas in there. Like, this is a cosmic horror game, like through and through. And I think it's really fascinating that like you intellectually have all of those same scary ideas, just in a different uh, visual and aesthetic package. Yeah, Elden Ring makes you dig for that knowledge that that's what's going on more than Bloodborne does. You don't actually fight, you know, cosmic. Well, you fight a couple cosmic entities in Elden Ring, but <laughs> extremely do not to not to the point that uh, Bloodborne gets to. I think, but yeah, it, it's a good point. Um, it just hides it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say uh, you kind of made made the gears start turning in my head when you started talking about like playing with friends and how that can like help you get into games uh you know whistle it in the dark um yep. so 
I feel like Dying Light 2 might actually be a good way to do that because like Dying, oh, Light, sure. Dying Light 2 actually isn't all that scary, but it has that tension because you're like, oh, fuck, I got to get out of the dark. Like, I got to gotta go mm. rest somewhere so I can make it light again. And it's it's really not as scary as you might think it is, especially if you're playing co-op. Like, if you're with like three other friends and you guys are just parkouring around the city, like, it's really not that scary. But it is intense. Like, it's mm. it's definitely like really intense. But yeah, I, I feel like that would probably help to make things not as scary if like, you know, you have three other fr- I think it's I think it's four player co-op, I, I believe. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you just got like another friend running around with you and stuff like that, that game is, might not uh, be we, we cannot talk about scary night times in video games without me bringing up Dragon's Dogma, which has the best nighttime <laughs> in video games. Uh, and it's not a horror game, not in the slightest. It is a goofy ass game. But when the sun goes down, you're like, oh, shit, I better get inside. Yep. Isn't it like pitch black? Like literally like pitch yeah. black? Pitch fucking black. <laughs> yeah, and it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I should play that game. I was just going to mention another great co-op one to dip yeah. your toes in. The Forest. The Forest is an amazing game. And it is horrifying if you're playing it by yourself. But if you get a good group of people together, it can be hilarious. Hell yeah. It's good. So we've it's got... Good. Playing games with friends, playing games with the lights on, doing whatever you can to change the environment that you're playing in. Uh, playing games that empower you, like Resident Evil 4, like Bioshock. Uh, Dead Space also, like, I think Dead Space, for a lot of people, is a scary game. I just, I didn't feel it because I started Dead Space with other people. And then by the time I was playing by myself, I am a killing machine. So we had that. Um, what else do we have for ways to get people in luigi's mansion <laughs> oh luigi's ironically mansion. Yeah. actually pretty good touch point yeah for yeah. sure i'm luigi's sure mansion. that resident evil mario <laughs> yeah because it's it's nintendo doing a horror game mm-hmm. yep yeah uh kind of under the category that you were talking about of uh horror games that don't take themselves too seriously yeah 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 Lu- nothing involving luigi is taken very seriously <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> except, except for Luigi and Mario Kart, he takes himself pretty goddamn seriously. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Luigi's up Death the and Smash Melee. That, he takes that seriously. So I think that this is a good time to get into our uh, community submissions for this topic. We'll just kind of run down these and uh, talk about them if it sparks an idea in us. So I'll start with the first submission, and this is from Chris N., who's a longtime patron of the show. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Chris says, I'm not a biggest fan of the genre, but I love the Dead Space series. For all of its flaws, I love the concept. Space zombies with some real Ridley Scott vibes. And it's that... There's Ridley Scott vibes and, of course, space zombies drawing you to something that uh, you may not have gone to before. Love it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Doug, patron from Nostalgium Arcanum podcast. Halloween is my favorite holiday, and I've always loved all things macabre. That simply transferred over to games. I have strong memories of working my way through the seventh guest puzzles. 
simply to spend more time inhibiting the inhabiting the haunted house. Contra and Ninja Gaiden's Geiger-esque designs were always compelling. It's simply a given. Things that go bump in the night are cool and always will be. Yes, seventh guess. Oh my god. Hell yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm old school puzzle horror game. I have okay. no mouth and I must scream. Oh, God. Uh, yes. That's good stuff. Whoop. Uh, did you see that they're doing a seventh guest VR port? What? I did yeah. see that and I will never play it. With some really fascinating, <laughs> like it's still live action people, but they've got some kind of recording depth so that they'll no be like 3d way. holograms even though it's still live action uh, uh performances i'm curious it's not gonna be good but i'm interested <laughs> yeah. uh all right chris c patron from retro hangover podcast simple the atmosphere even when it's not scary there's always something alluring about a dark gritty and macabre environment that sucks me in even if i can't stay for more than about an hour <laughs> hey that's mm -hmm. true uh i i'm talking a big game here about how how i just beat dead space and i'm i'm real happy for myself i played that game in 45 minute chunks you know uh <laughs> same with when i played until dawn that game's really nicely paced out with chapters so it's like oh chapter end okay i'm turning this shit off i'm playing something else so and i love horror and there are games that i will turn on and 10 minutes later i'm like no nope, not right now this uh -huh. is uh, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. the so wind's a... blowing outside i'm not gonna play this <laughs> that's <laughs> winds howling yeah that's a good strategy play uh play for as long as you feel like <laughs> for <Yeah>. any video <laughs> game <laughs> Next up is Moon, patron, Triple S Moon on YouTube. Shout out to Moon. Hey, boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're married on the Discord. Yeah. Uh, even though I generally don't play capital H horror games, I appreciate the feeling of horror or horror-adjacent design that shows up in games I love, such as Bloodborne, Metroid Fusion, or even Rain World, because of the mind games they introduce into my play. Being anxious or scared is something that I have to manage and overcome in order to succeed in my goal as a player. And as someone with heavy anxiety, games like Bloodborne acted as sort of a safe space to manage my fight-versus-flight response in a way that I found personally very beneficial. Metroid Fusion is another great pull for this because Metroid yeah. Fusion, the first time you play it, can be tense. You never know when that SAX is coming. Very much so. Yeah. Fucking sax. <laughs> <laughs> I called a sax the first time. <laughs> oh, shit, the this? sax. Oh, no, I'm going to get got by the sax. You're going to get scarier, sax or Emmy. <laughs> uh Next up is Randall, who's a patron. Thank you, Randall. Uh, Randall says, suspense, climbing dread, mystery, the unknown. I should have been voice acting that whole time. Uh, that is what I think <laughs> makes an amazing horror game. While I'm not the hugest fan of horror games, I still have an immense amount of respect for games who pull it off well, like Dead Space with its perfect enemy design and pacing. Agree about those enemies, for sure. Iron Lung with its simplistic idea but beautiful execution of dragging out suspense. And no one lives under the lighthouse with an incredible mystery that leaves you crawling around every corner for an answer. And an addendum here by Randall. Jump scares can be done correctly, but are rarely done that way. That's the biggest flaw of the horror genre. People thinking jump scares equals horror. I agree. You want to just camp out on so. jump scares here for a second and like just, just a, a little five minutes about how, to, how an effective jump scare is set up. 
an effective jump scare should come out of nowhere. You should not expect it at all. And so many horror games just pop a jump scare up there. The next time you're going through a door, oh, there's a jump scare. The next time you're going through a door, another jump scare, a window, a jump scare. Mm-hmm. They they throw them in too often. Loud noises and are not scary. That's no. just it's a physical reaction to a loud noise. Like if yes, so, if exactly. someone slammed the door open right now, I would get a jump scare. Doesn't mean yeah. I'm fucking scared. <laughs> like exactly. it, it's it's the the equivalent of like a huh, make yeah. you flinch. And it's like, well, yeah, I get fucking you got me, I guess. Uh, I don't want to say Five Nights at Freddy has done irreparable harm. Uh, I don't know. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) There we go. I've Um, gotten got by that game. Well, of course you have. It's designed to get you got. Um, I think that Darkwood, which I referred previously, has my favorite jump scares in uh, horror because it's constantly building dread and tension but you don't know what's happening or where things are going to come from in an organic way rather than something like Outlast, which just like, yeah, hey, you're going to climb a ladder, which means that we're going to have control of your camera for a second. And guess what we're going to do with that? Well, it's like uh, what, which I find less compelling. DFG and I were saying about Mortuary Assistant, half the jump scares yes. in that game have no sound and you can miss yeah. them. You could mi- the easily fact miss that you can them. Miss them is really That's compelling. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's so fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is this is why I didn't think that Dead Space was very scary because Dead Space has a thing bust out of a vent every forty five seconds uh. for the entire game. <laughs> yeah. So right, yeah. By like yeah, the yeah, first yeah. couple ones, I was like, oh shit, and then you know, an hour later, I was like, okay, there's a vent, something's going to bust through there. Or like, I'm going to press the thing on the terminal and it's going to take 30 seconds for this door to open and something's going to bust out of the wall during those 30 seconds. It feels very formulaic and not the least bit scary. So yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And this is coming from me, the, the, the jump scare baby, the, there's a, I mean, there, I'm thinking of a, a really good one in Until Dawn when you open a cupboard and an animal runs out of it. It's not a monster. Mm. It's just like a a squirrel or a raccoon or something. But it's been building up tension for the last <laughs> half hour. And then suddenly something that's not threatening just jumps out. And you're like, ooh, oh, okay. All right. Moving on. Yeah. You know. Dave, I would pay real good money to watch you play the mortuary system. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, we'll put that. What, what do, what do I value that on Patreon? Like $400 a month. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, good. Uh, I, I'm glad that you brought it up. Randall jump scares. So Charlie from patron or Charlie, a patron. Do we consider Bioshock horror? Yes, we do. I typically don't engage with horror media, but when I started listening to PPR... That's uh, friends of the show Pixel Project Radio. Sorry for interrupting, DFG. No, I had you're to fine. shout out Pixel Project Radio any chance we get. I played Bioshock because they covered it, and that felt more horror than anything I'd played before. I enjoyed it a lot, though there was a lot of anxiety management that went into it. But at the same time, I could step back and go, this is intense, more intense than I usually enjoy, yet I'm having fun? <laughs> greatly enjoyed greatly enjoyed bs 
Bioshock. I think that's Bioshock. Yeah. Bioshock, yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> Greatly enjoyed bullshit. That Greatly abbreviation enjoyed... is BS. <laughs> Greatly enjoyed Bioshock, but at the same time, doesn't entice me to engage with more horror media, especially anything more intense than that. You know a game that's super intense that I just hated? Mm. Go on. Dead Space. <laughs> or not Dead Space. Dead Space. Death Stranding. Sorry. Oh, Death okay. Stranding. Oh, Oh, interesting. Yeah, you, didn't like, DS. you didn't like walking around over I, rocks for a long once time? I re- once I realized, like, okay, the game has some really cool gameplay mechanics, but at the same time, the game pushes you towards not using those mechanics. Like, you get to a point where it's like, they want you to build these gigantic roads so you can just skip past the entire game. And it just, it was too long for me. It goes back to my horror game should be... Eight to ten hours long. That game is super long. Oh yeah, it's it like eighty hours long. Didn't do it for me. Ooh, that's interesting. That's another one of those where when you say Death Stranding, I'm like, that's not a wait a second. I remember those those BT sections. Those were uh, those were yeah, creepy. it was kind of yeah, it was yeah. fucking weird at the at the first few in- encounters. Then it was just mm-hmm. straight up annoying. Now, once you could just yeah. jump on the highway in your Hummer and drive past them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how like when you're playing certain horror games, like you were saying with Dead Space, how it, it it is initially scary. And I feel like a lot of the Resident Evil games are like this too. Like mm. you start off and you're like, oh my God, I only have four shots left with my pistol. By the end of it, you're like, let's fucking shoot this rocket launcher into this monster's face. Uh-huh. And like, you just, you just don't care anymore. You're just like, yeah, I can fuck anything up now. Well, I think that's one of the things is we don't think about. Can you think of a horror movie that is 20 hours long that you really enjoyed? (laughs) No, because that wouldn't exist. (laughs) It just it stops being scary after a certain point. Yeah, I I agree that a game should uh, uh, recognize how long it should be. I feel like when designing a game, it kind of tells you how long it should be. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you should... Try not to to overstay that welcome. Yeah. Masked Keaton says, the creativity. It's hard to do horror and not feel cliched. After all, horror comes from fear of the unknown. So if you know about it, it's less scary. The genre is always pushing itself for that reason. And mm-hmm. I guess that kind of goes back Agreed. to my my thing with uh, control. Like part of the, the uneasy feeling of control is like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that thing is. I don't know what this place is. Mm-hmm. I totally. think I, I, it does it masterfully. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this is also is really relevant for the diminishing returns of horror sequels where it's like Friday the 13th part six. That that ain't going to be scary. We You're all just, know that. It's You're not even going to be good. To see more teenagers <laughs> get chopped up. Yep. Hell yeah, one's gonna get folded in half. It's yep. gonna be great. But one's there might be a die in the shower. <laughs> we know it's coming. But like you were you're talking about like, oh, I played Dead Space for the first time, and like how uh, kinda scary, but it didn't totally work for it. Wait till you get to Dead Space 3, my friend, because they're <laughs> I, oh, na- nary ugh. a scare to be found. You know, you know what they are. Yeah. You you're you're well acquainted. There's only one thing left to do, and that's you know, kick some ass. You're all out of bubble gum at that point. That's true. Uh, so for the next, oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say I'll die on the hill that uh, Dead Space Three is a bad game. I don't think that's a very unpopular opinion from what I've heard <laughs> out there. That's like saying I'll die on this hill. Ice cream is good. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'd love to die on a hill with all of my closest friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why I say that, and I hope that Greg listens to this, Greg, my, my co-host, he's like, mm. that's not, a, it's not a bad game. And I'm like, you're, it's, it's okay to be wrong sometimes, buddy. Like uh, it's okay. <laughs> hell yeah. I love co-hosts catching strays on episodes. <laughs> not on. I'm here for it. <laughs> I, I think there's more truth that like it, what it wasn't inevitable that dad space, that dead space three was going to be bad i think it like has a couple things that had potential but then mostly the money people came in and were like ah store some microtransactions in there let's uh get some co-op mm. yeah this will work also yeah. just want to shout out mass keaton real quick because this kind of what they said goes back to what i said earlier about um having cool stories be one of my big draws to playing mm-hmm. horror games and Horror stories are consistently some of the most creative stories in games that I play. So uh, big, big agree with Keaton there. Uh, next up, I'm getting all the good ones. Hi, Jala. <laughs> Jala from Jalatan's Place and the Level podcasts. Horror media preys upon the common fears of society. Each decade has its particular fascination as the global politics and economy shift, leading to particular types of monsters and styles of horror. Through this horror, people can engage and address the sensations they experience in the real world and, if it's a game, take action to defeat these anxieties. Biohazard slash Resident Evil, for example, is all about viruses, big pharma, and government conspiracy. In the 80s, we had the AIDS epidemic and, more recently, COVID. RE7 and 8 took it to a new phase where now it's a type of mold that can also be extrapolated out into other current and common fears. Human experimentation on the general populace, naturally existing parasites we don't fully understand, taking and transformed into bioorganic weapons. The general populace is at the mercy of these corporations and governments, if not for the few brave heroes fighting to take the villains down. This is a very deep well to dive into, so I limited myself to just a brief mention of a single series that itself takes many forms. And I think that's 100% accurate. Like, you can uh, definitely find trends in horror films that stretch back, you know, decades. Just because film is such a, uh, uh, has so much more history than video games. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you can see these trends come and go, these rise and fall, the way that different anxieties are uh, expressed through horror movies and horror monsters. Uh, And that's also true for, for video games, uh, especially as, you know, more time goes out and those patterns are able to emerge. Yeah, 100%. Next up, we have the Artful Scruff. They say, I also wouldn't say I'm a particularly big fan of horror games, and I'm not even sure I could say what drew me to the ones I have played. I do enjoy the feeling of dread of not wanting to turn a corner or open a door because of what might be there. I think there's often an aesthetic consideration for me. Dead Space and Signalis both look really cool. And uh, yeah, I, I, I threw a little bit of shade at Dead Space, but it does look really fucking cool. And Signalis does too. I'm excited to play that. It's a good yeah. ass game. Love the art direction of Signalis. It's, man, it is genuinely like unsettling sometimes. Uh, it's, it's also just like, uh, I, I think it's just really stunning in its different choices, the way that it'll like frame a cutscene or yeah. like have that absolute flat red, which is just like so striking looking, uh, really immaculate vibes in Signalis. It's on oh, Game yeah. Pass too, which is great. Is. Like, yeah, it, it's, yeah. 
It's, I still it's need to play one. it. I, it's so <laughs> I good. haven't gotten this acknowledged yet. Ooh. It's dense. It is. It is a, a lot cryptic it, yeah. work that I think rewards paying attention and uh, engaging with it on maybe not a strictly literal level. There's a lot of like emotional and dream logic uh, that reveals truths in that game. Hell yeah! Sounds awesome. Uh, Thrak. Horror is fun for that darker storylines and messed up ideas mixed with some philosophy. Also, gameplay-wise, they can be very exhilarating. Favorite horror games are Resident Evil 4, Silent Hill 2, Alien Isolation, Alan Wake, and Doki Doki Literature Club. Doki Doki, dude, get the fuck out of here with that (laughs) shit. Oh my god, if you know, you know about that. So, I would like to say that that is a, a... relatively new-ish genre of taking a game mm-hmm. and you're playing it and it's just a normal game. It's not horror at all. And then eventually it just starts to go down that line. And I love those. Have you played Pony Island? Yeah, I have not. I Pony Island is my favorite. So bad. Holy shit. I didn't know anything about Pony Island. It was on sale on Steam and it was like overwhelmingly positive. And I was like, fuck it. It's like 30 cents right now. Yeah. I bought it. I didn't know what I was getting into, man. I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't think about it at the time, but both uh, Pony Island and Inscription, which oh, are both ins- games by the same guy. Inscription is like, uh, Would be really great um, entry point horror games as well. Yeah. yeah. In- Inscription looks like a scary ass game, but it's it's not really. It's a card game in a dark cabin, but it's it's not really a game that's trying to freak you out until you use the pliers. <laughs> a, a group of games that I didn't mention are the Chilla's Art games. I don't know if any of y'all have played those. Um, Chilla's Art are, are two uh, men from Japan. I believe they're brothers. Uh, but they develop super simple horror games that you can beat in about an hour. Mm-hmm. And they will sometimes take a situation. My first game I played, I had no idea what it was. I was told to play it. It was called The Convenience Store. And I'm like, how can you make a convenience store horrifying? They do a wonderful job. It is also the pixelized PS1, PS2 style graphics mm-hmm. of all their games. Um, but they take just a benign situation and turn it horrifying in each one of their games that I've played so far. I um, love that. Caretaker and several others just amazing. Put that in our group chat. I want to check those out. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, which uh, I, I can't believe I didn't mention that I think would be very... If you played Gone Home and you're like, okay, I'd like to escalate a little bit. Kitty Horror Show uh, is a independent uh, game creator who just makes these weird bite-sized games. Uh, her most favorite, famous one is called Anatomy. And absolute highest recommendation to Anatomy. You can purchase it for just a couple bucks. I think it's available on itch.io. And it is one of the best haunted house stories that is out there uh again maybe like an hour long a little bit more and no jump scares no uh mechanical really it's just a walking sim but like absolutely haunting ideas it's a game that i have thought about a whole lot hell yeah i wanted to um to give a little shout out to thrack here uh for mentioning doki toki literature club because just this past year, 
Um, I went through like this phase. If you listen to our podcast, you'll understand what I'm talking about because I forever was like, I hate MMOs. I don't like card based games. I don't like RT, like all these things that I was like, I hate all this stuff. I, n- I now love them all because I started actually trying these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things was visual novels. I was like, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. stupid. Why the fuck would I ever play a visual novel? And Beth got me to play Danganronpa and holy mm. shit did that game fuck with me. And it's one of those things that's like, this has no business being this fucked up and like gets under your skin in a really crazy way. But it's like anime ass bullshit's happening. And then at the same time, it's just like this horrible shit that you're like, what? This There's no way that this should be in this game. It's absolutely disgusting. But recently we played a, a visual novel called... Uh, uh fan what the fuck was that called phantasmo something rather par- oh paranorma site we played that that's like fairly recent and man that had some insanely scary intro stuff like for a visual novel i was mm-hmm. shit baked like nice absolutely shit baked so this- shout out to thrack for the uh for the visual novel stuff yeah there's uh there's one that i've been very slowly working my way through called the house in Fata Morgana that is also Mm. like anime bullshit, but also very, very fucked up at times in a horror way. That is, uh, it's kind of cool. So if you're into visual novels, I'm not very far into it, but, um, it, it does give me those vibes of like, Ooh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to look through the corner of my eye at the next scene, you know? Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'll have to check that out. Burger Champ says, I'm a huge fan of horror media. I was exposed to horror films at what was likely too young an age. I don't get scared <laughs> from movies or games. For, so for me, it's all about atmosphere and the design of the horror. A looming sense of dread is always a welcome feeling, and nothing is better than an unreasonably disgusting creature design. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I guess games like The Uninvited, uh, Alone in the Dark, and that not particularly good Elvira Mistress of the Dark game. <laughs> <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is that uh would be the earliest games i can think of that nailed the right atmosphere for me glad to see my oldest kid has followed the suit and likes macabre disturbing gore fests and haunted oppressive corridors as much as i do um i will say to my youngest daughter um quite recently it was like the it, i've never been more proud than when she was like like we we went on a, a family vacation and uh i just like my comfort food literally is just to throw on horror movies. Like that's mm-hmm. how much of oh, a yeah. horror sicko I am. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to casually watch Hellraiser and have a nap. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so we went on a, we went on a family trip and it was myself, my girlfriend and the two girls. Uh, Ava is 15 and the older one is like 20. So anyways, we're sitting in the hotel room and I just throw on scream and she's like, can you turn this off? Like I, I don't, I don't want to watch this. And I'm like, you just go on your phone or something. Put your headphones in, go on your phone. Don't pay attention to it. I'm just going to chill and watch this in the, in the room here. After like 20 minutes, I look over phone is on her chest. She's fully into the movie. We went out <laughs> for supper. And when we came back, she was like, can we finish watching, watching that movie? Like, <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking serious right now? Yeah. We're going to watch them all tonight. We're not even going out anymore. We're going to watch all the, like the screen mm-hmm. movies. And now she like, love scream she watches like 
them all like on repeat. She's just like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. Like it's her <laughs> jam. And I've never been more proud of my life. Fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> Adam, it is uh it is just like serendipitous, these uh these write-ins that you're grabbing here. Uh yeah, I have no control over the order looking at it. Uh it says Corey Adams, co-host on Halftone Takes. I assume that's come some kind of Patreon tier or something. Uh <laughs> Corey says, hi, Corey. Corey says, not a huge horror fan, but I have always been interested in the Resident Evil series and how they do the whole corporate horror. I've always been a fan of the corpos were effing around and the little guys are always the ones who end up finding out. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's something that weirdly doesn't get talked about a lot uh, is how Resident Evil is like explicitly corporate horror. Uh, you know, it, it is about evil corporations and, you know, eventually it turns into now we have a, a, a cartoon villain twirling his mustache talking about total global saturation. But for the, <laughs> the vast majority of it, it is about like these impersonable forces that, uh, you know, cause tremendous amount of harm without caring for the 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 people who are involved uh and that is a rich vein uh to me and mm-hmm. one that like kind of doesn't get a, a ton of representation outside of the resident evil series yeah i'm trying to think uh aside from every sci-fi game set in space that's ever been made uh, of other examples of corporate horror uh but that's i guess evil within sort of in a weird way like yeah there's some also some shout out to Evil Within. Evil Within is fucking good. That's some Evil good Within shit right there. Two specifically. It two has is, some real yeah. good shit. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, Dino Crisis good. games are also corporate horror because yeah, they're Resident Evil with dinosaurs. You know what? They, <laughs> they, they're they're Devil May Cry with dinosaurs. They're Dude, fucking goofy. <laughs> can I just say, like, what are we doing? What are we doing as a society that we do not have more dinosaur horror games? Like, what is going on? I mean, I said at the beginning of this, when I was seven years old, I got scared by a fucking raptor in a Super Nintendo game. Like, bring it back, baby. Like, someone has to be doing this shit. (laughs) I feel like an alien isolation style Jurassic Park game could be really compelling. There is something coming out. I can't remember what the name of it is, but they they teased it at like the Game Awards or something like last year. They showed like a very quick trailer and it it literally said like survival horror Jurassic Park. And I was like, I'm in. Yeah, you, don't, you, don't, you don't even <laughs> need to say anything else. I'm already buying the game <laughs> full price day one. <laughs> Exoprimal is the uh, yeah. modern spiritual successor. <laughs> to Dino Crisis and honestly it's the spiritual successor that Dino Crisis deserves in my opinion it's fun (laughs) it's a fun game so that is uh, that's all of our write-ins for this episode I want to thank everybody who's in the discord server who decided to take part in this episode and write in share your thoughts about horror games Uh, if you are listening and you're thinking hey I would like to participate in a future episode and I'd like to hang out with a bunch of cool people the tube discord server is a place where you can participate and hang out with a bunch of cool people. So you'll find an invite link down in the show notes. You can join the Discord server. Highly recommended. It is a good time and we'd love to have you. So as we wrap up this episode, uh, we do a little bit of housekeeping as always. Um, First of all, 
Thank you to uh, to the three of you, DFG, Jerry, and Adam, for joining me. And I want to give you all a chance here at the end to tell people where they can find you around the internet and uh, what you do. So, DFG, I'll start with you first. I'm Maddie, the Dogface Gamer. Uh, DFG, if you like, you can find me on Twitch three times a week, Tuesdays, Saturdays, Tuesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays at 7 p.m. Um, I play a variety of all kinds of games and have a very big bent towards horror. So if there's something new in horror and you want to check it out, I've probably played it. Oh, yeah. And Jerry. Yeah, you can find uh, my my voice along with Greg and Beth's voice on Super Ghost Radio. Uh, comes out every other Friday. Uh, you can get that on all your different uh, podcasting platforms. We're also we uh, we're working on a YouTube channel. It's been kind of a running joke that we're going to eventually get some stuff up. Uh, we're also on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck um, at Super Ghost Radio and on Instagram at Super Ghost Radio and on Twitch at Super Ghost Live. And Adam. Uh, yes, you can find my podcast, Halftone Takes, uh, wherever podcasts are available. I have a episode that's about my love of Resident Evil. Uh, also, go back to Tales from the Backlog. Listen to me talk about Resident Evil 4. It's a good mm-hmm. time. Yep. Uh, and if you just can't get enough Resident Evil and you like tabletop games, maybe consider checking out uh, Enter the Survival Horror on itch.io. I value access, and so I always have free community copies available for people to just come check out the game uh, risk-free. And then if you like it, support afterwards. Awesome. So uh, we'll find links down in the show notes once again. Uh, for Twitch and podcasts and tabletop games. And while I'm talking about Tales from the Backlog here, uh, you can go ahead and click those links and subscribe, follow, uh, whatever you can do. Just tune me out. You've heard this before if you've listened to the show. So uh, <laughs> I uh, really appreciate, as always, uh, people who share the show with people. Um, depend. I mean, regardless, you tell someone you found a new podcast they should listen to. They'll probably block you and or run away but that's that's <laughs> fine that comes with the territory i appreciate it if you want to support monetarily you can do that on patreon patreon.com slash real dave jackson is the place and i have another podcast because i'm an idiot i have two podcasts the other one is called <laughs> a top three podcast and we do top three lists and we've done top three scary movies i think is the only horror list we've done on the show. Uh, top three is a good time. If you want to hear me talk about things that are not video games, that's the place. So once again, thank you to uh, the three of you, DFG, Jerry, Adam. I appreciate you all taking the time. This has been awesome. Exactly what I wanted uh, from this episode. So uh, everyone, uh, open invitation to come back on the show. This has been great. Thank you everybody for listening and tune in next week for the next game to come out of the backlog. We're kicking off horror month. Let's go.